2: Hi, I'm Basayo from London, and you're listening to Dame Baptiste questions everything. My question is:
1: Is monogamy dying? Okay, here comes the show. And remember, question everything. Hello, everybody, and all the lovers out there. Please welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Valentine's Day special of Dame Baptiste questions everything, a podcast for myself, comedian, writer, and lover, Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka the Love Hizer. Hello out there. Uh, <laughs> Sound more like a pirate, actually. <laughs> it's not even sexy. Uh, Hello. <laughs> and swashbuckling producer Howard Cohen and a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked, and we are talking everything from... We are talking uh, everything from... Uh, Is this sexy? Yeah, for me. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I like it. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm just going to do it, with my normal voice. I think because <laughs> I feel like I'm frightening myself. Uh, we ask everything. We're talking everything from Basayo uh, from London's question:
1: Is monogamy dying a bit? Mm. Isn't it? Maybe a bit, but then I guess maybe it was propped up uh, under false pretences for a very long time. Yeah, I think so... the official
0: monogamy is is definitely because polygamy. Or whatever, yeah. what polyamory or whatever you want to term it is, is on the rise. Yeah. So it would make sense. So, or, so, or maybe yeah. more
1: accepted. I'd say maybe obligatory monogamy is yeah. dying. And but.
0: I'd say, uh, if you've got a problem with that, uh, you probably need to reevaluate your relationship scenarios. Um, Really, because I think that seems legitimate now. It used to didn't be, it wasn't it wasn't legitimate, was it? That's now right. It is. Yeah. Um,
1: Talk, ask about your relationship, not your situation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but, we, we appreciate the question. And if you do like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, and you'll never miss any of our loving episodes where you can hear all of our very special questions regarding love, romance, and all of the above being asked and answered by our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show is a fashion blogger and best-selling author and podcaster and ideologue. She is best known for her books, What a Time to Be Alone and How to Get Over a Boy and the latest ebook Patriarchy's Worst Nightmare. She is also known for her body positivity movement, hashtag saggy boobs matter, documentaries on Bring Back the Bush and Traction Alopecia, where she raises awareness and educates her audience about feeling empowered uh, despite the male gaze. She also hosts her podcast, The Slumflower Hour, which is a domain for disobedient women who date men. But most importantly, she is back so graciously by popular demand. Please welcome back to the show on this loving Valentine's Day special, Chidera Eguru, AKA Slumflower. <laughs> Thank
2: you for that intro. Oh my gosh. And yes, I'm so happy to be here again. I'm glad to have Fun you. That was, I think hit. that
1: was longer than any Valentine's Day card I've ever written.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, that's oh, not true. On. That's not true. Did we think the voice
0: was good? Uh, should I do it later? I tried to, to do it. Your
2: very white voice. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like like Barry the pirate, oh, yeah, like yeah. a romantic a romantic pirate, a romantic right, pirate, okay. or like
0: a sexy yeah. brick top. I do get sea I do get seasick, so this is a bit problematic to
1: be honest. If I did actually have to be, a but pirate. there's lots of like erotica based around like pirates and stuff. Oh, like, love So, love in the time of scurvy. That's what that sounded like. Wow, like, girl, I need you and some vitamin C. <laughs> <All those walks. laughs> there you go. See, someone's got to treat yeah. those. Howard, and, hmm. um, Shadera, how are you? How have you been since our last visit?
2: I'm brilliant! I'm excited to be back and what a lovely theme we're going to be discussing today.
1: Lots of love in the air
0: for Valentine's Day.
2: All the Valentine's themed things. (laughs)
0: Little fact about Valentine's Day that's a personal fact is that, conveniently, my wife's birthday is on the 15th of February. Uh, So I get to double hit in one go. (laughs) That's... (laughs) <laughs> thank you, thank you, Tara, for that. It
1: really and uh, well, I, her parents. You see that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you? that is I was so say functional. Her two gifts. Yeah, so functional. So Tara's got to buy two two sets of lingerie. <laughs> across no, the, you're
2: buying large. it for her. Yes,
1: yes, sorry. Yeah, has yeah, to yeah. wear two sets of yeah, lingerie. There we go. Yeah, yeah. At her behest yeah. as well, if yes. she feels like it. Yes. Although, uh, <laughs> I was a, It's her birthday too, so it's two for one. That's right. <laughs> we're staying in bed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. we have a two and a half year old and a six month old baby, uh, be happy to be able to raise, you know, raise
1: a smile at the moment. Uh,
2: so,
0: um, <laughs>
1: uh, but, you know, uh, so let happy, that be a lesson. <laughs> let that be a lesson to all the couples out there. One of the best things you can buy for your partner on Valentine's Day is uh appropriate childcare. Yep. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't have. Oh, no, you definitely no, you should, should have, have yeah. for maybe yeah, 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 the whole yeah, yeah. week. Had to. Um, so it's, cool. it,
0: it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane, as the
1: format of this show dictates? Well, absolutely. Uh, because you're such an esteemed guest, Miss Slumflower, we'd like to invite you to ask the first question, which can be Ooh. any question you'd like, which we'd like to discuss for about I, okay. a minutes, some change. But oh. you know the format, so I feel like we need to just get into it. Mm. get into it like you know so I know you've got like two questions haven't I mean, you have been told you've got like two questions I have two questions so we're going to do one for ten
0: I minutes really and then we're going to chuck in another five minutes of the, of the second question because they were both so good
1: I mean we'll, we'll we'll try it but I feel like you know being that it's Valentine's Day we want to make some allowances and sure. uh, some compromises so yeah, you know yeah. with, like with most dates in which Howard is very experienced we'll just see how the conversation yeah. flows okay, we're
2: basically simulating a, a date experience so I I would love to know mm. I'll start with you Howard what's the most romantic thing you've ever done
1: Oh, good question. Tough. Good question. Keeping it with the context that Howard, prior to meeting his lovely wife Tara, has been on 78 dates.
0: Yeah, that's only the ones he bad. counts. Yeah. yeah no, and like they, Howard. Yeah, that was, right. that was commitment. Went through, I mean, wheat and chaff. I never really understood that whole phrase until. Uh, <laughs> but no offense to the 77. Is, is that like a, oh, a date a week? I don't know if I've gone
1: into specifics. Is there there, like were, more, a there a were like more. There Maybe was one in yeah, a week. Yeah, so yeah, basically. Yeah. Every week, for a year, every week, you mm-hmm. was on a date with a with a different woman. Yeah,
0: it wasn't... Yeah, it was... You know, they were challenging times. What can I tell you? I don't yeah. think
1: I even know 78 women, to be honest. If yeah, you the internet is a powerful <laughs> device.
0: Um, I would say the most romantic thing I, I, I ever did, um, and I would... You know, right to probably, you know, base it around the ones that happened with my wife, uh, just for my own safety. Yeah, my (laughs) own safety. Uh, (laughs) Because, you know, I was romantic previously to other, you know, uh, women, but they don't count anymore. Um, I, in the process of courting, uh, which, interestingly enough, and Tara would admit this, took about 14 months. I didn't win her over fully um it was actually only when I went to her grandmother's 90th birthday uh, that was it for her It was a big family event and then we we cycled to the beach and uh we kissed on the beach and I've actually got a picture of us kissing on the beach and then that was the first time she said she loved me after 40 <sighs> months yeah which is quite amazing so did yeah. she say
2: I love you first
0: uh no, I've been saying it for quite a long time. I think I actually said was it like, about two weeks was like Thank you, Howard.
1: Thank you for your feedback. That, I'll note that down. Yeah. I'll consider that. Noted. Do leave noted yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: Jeeves, would you take a note of that, yeah. please? Uh, to make a uh, Siri, make a note. <laughs> so I think along those 40 months, they're going to win her over. Uh, I made two videos. I used my assets, which is I'm a producer, filmmaker, director, development, yeah. partner, you know, TV guy. So I filmed two different things. Um, they are awful videos in some respects in terms of the quality, but the sentiment was very good. So one time uh, I... Uh, kind of recorded myself uh, singing a song to her uh, really badly. And the joke obviously was that I was singing it terribly. And then I'd said at the end, you know, how much I cared. And she was away. That was it. It was Valentine's Day and she was away. She was in another country for work or something. Personally. I can't remember what it was. She wasn't here. So I did that video for her. Uh, which was pretty romantic. Really I then actually remember now and this might have been slightly psychotic because I was trying to win her over. Did <laughs> and another What month
2: in was this uh, Ooh, this behaviour? Yeah, what you're about it, to say. I,
0: I reckon I reckon I reckon I'm looking towards the end of the first year. I can't uh, yeah. Yeah, so you were ah, getting desperate at this I point. think it was a Christmas present. It was part of a Christmas <laughs> present. I made a video of like ten reasons that I loved her. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. And it was so stupid. It was one Why of the worst. Is it well, because it begins with just like a a, a, a... <laughs> A picture of a of a bath, right, and it's just water in the bath, right. And Number
1: it, ten, you clean girl, <laughs> <laughs> but no, just just
0: an empty bath. And then suddenly, I like burst out of the water oh, wow. uh, with, like, with like goggles <laughs> on, with like nice. goggles on. And then like, oh, you know, because I was just like, holding my breath for quite a long time. It was just stupid. It was stupid.
2: So, what was the you holding your breath symbolising?
0: Nothing really, other than just okay. to surprise her that I was coming. Out. <laughs> I mean, fuck, honestly, I wouldn't. It was it was a choppy. Well, we could
2: laugh now but it clearly works it yeah, works, the two it kids it works.
0: In. so there you go that's so, what the most romantic thing i've ever done
2: that's
0: that's incredible great. it works it works you
1: could and see
2: my children yes yeah, yeah. so you have proof that it was romantic <laughs> yeah,
0: enough exactly yeah it's good. It's really what do you think dame i think
1: you... i think it's good i think i think when it comes to romance as well like and uh <laughs> being romantic it's definitely about uh nuance mm. because you have to understand that person and what will resonate with them Yeah, like um, humor I, I used humor very yeah, well to win which i think is always good that woman's heart one of the I, I find it to be one of the most admirable things about women is that uh for all of the way women are portrayed in terms of being moved by material uh displays of affection mm. or like uh, gifts as love language i think a lot of the time if you're able to engage someone emotionally by being uh funny then uh yeah. that definitely works um mm. again, Humour as well is obviously a part of my I guess part of my wheelhouse so to speak So I think yeah Definitely comedy has been a part of romantic gestures But I've done done different things And I'm not sure if And again I guess they vary depending on who the person is So I think my first ever long term relationship I bought my uh, partner uh, some wedges from Chanel And uh, Mm. it was because she was starting university And I felt like she wasn't going to have a lot of money and I'd already graduated. You
2: got her Chanel shoes for university. Yeah. Oh, amazing. But uh, but, I like, and I feel,
1: but, but the logic behind it was just very simple. It was just that, like, you know, you're starting university, you're not going to have a lot of money, but at least, you know, there's someone there that can provide for you at the time as well. And uh, they didn't fit the first time around.
2: Were they too small, too big?
1: They were um, too big. No, too oh. small. I think they're too small because Chanel comes up like maybe a size or something too small. Oh, nice. So then, but then we went back and um, she, because uh, they do credit notes, and then she got two pairs. So it worked oh. out perfectly so that was uh, so I think that was cool um,
2: did she appreciate it? yeah
1: I feel. I think she did at the time but then I don't know because then I feel like then she got quite used to it and was like <laughs> these are the things I want all the time Dane so I'm not sure it worked <laughs> out but um, you know it was experience and it was fine and I have no regrets doing it but um, I would say I think it's small things but again I think it's most important to focus on the relationship I'm in now mm. and I would say that uh, the the most romantic gesture would be oh i know just make cooking for somebody yeah. that's really and i think thoughtful. because like we'd uh met up we hung out had drinks and stuff and kind of woke up the next morning hung over and stuff so i was like had like my um kitchen my um dish towel had it over on my shoulder and be like do you like this do you like this so i was like you can't come in the kitchen and then just made a Aww. whole uh platter and stuff and uh platter of what? What well kind of i made it? i think on that occasion so i think i made i have made. Uh, Chicken, fried chicken that time. Nice. But another time I think I made tacos. So you can cook. Yeah. Come so I made, on. So I made tacos. And uh since then that's kind of been like a staple thing that we'll always have. Like taco Tuesdays. Taco the first time Tuesdays. the tacos were on a Saturday. Right. But now we do taco Tuesdays. Nice. And uh to be honest, she's been trying to take over the kitchen for a long time. Ah. Um, <laughs> and you're not but, having uh, it. I mean, no, <laughs> I guess I guess now because she wants to show that uh <laughs> the gratitude, I'd like, give her space and stuff as well. But I'd say the I guess one of the biggest romantic bonds between us both is uh I like cookies. I just like playing cookies. And sometimes if I'm gigging I've been away for a long time, mm. she'll make cookies. No. And uh yeah. I'm, so I am a That sounds like a healthy so I, I'm affectionately romantic- yeah. I'm affectionately the cookie monster. <laughs> so, eh,
2: the so, wholesome cookie monster.
1: Yeah, I'm the wholesome cookie monster. But um yeah, I think that yeah, the most most uh, romantic thing would normally be uh cooking cuz I think it's food related. I I really, I really feel like a key part of making relationships work is can I eat around this person? Mm-hmm. And can this person, I kind of enjoy this person's company at dinner. So I think a big part of my relationship working is, uh, we like to dine together and have new dining experiences together. And I think being able to have good conversation over dinner, uh, is a very good way of building a strong relationship. So I'd say yes. probably the most romantic aspect of my relationship is, the, is the talking because, uh, like if I'm with my girlfriend, I'm driving, like we don't even have the radio on. Cause I'd rather listen to her and stuff while oh, going somewhere, oh. and I feel like it makes the journeys go a little quicker. So like I obviously driving is a big part of my work. So if I'm driving somewhere far, then rather yeah. than listen to radio, I will probably just call her and she can basically cut an hour and a half, two hours off of her, um, a car journey, which I think is That's,
0: why do it's that? It's cool. from with you. Yeah. <laughs> What's with you,
1: man. What are you listening. To? Did you get us all in trouble? I mean, like
2: yeah. Now you're gonna have the oh, more. But I was saying, but no, I, I um. just
1: feel like I think that. Uh, it's just how would, I'm not married first of all, and so I have to maintain these standards, right, and uh, in right, order to right. make sure that someone you're on your
2: 14 months of chasing.
1: There you go. Yeah, so I'm grafting. still chasing. Yeah, right, so I think right, I think okay. uh, yeah. So I guess I tried to, like I said, in all my experiences, I've always tried to make romance a uh, a very special thing. So like my partner like she she likes trainers and stuff as well so like very small gifts but they don't have to be necessarily extravagant mm. but it's just a gift to show that i understand who you are as a person mm-hmm. and understand your aesthetic and how i can contribute towards it and stuff like that as well That's so, so yeah it's always it's always i always try to do things like that so I, I i think it should be romantic like when i was like 15 16 my dad was basically like well you know if you like a girl you have to you know maybe flowers and you know sometimes chocolate and you know then you have sisters as well and so you have to, must treat them how you want your sister to be treated and uh that was that was the fuel I had to get going. Oh my god! But um, but I, I feel like I was raised with nineties R and B and stuff, so I'm, yeah. I'm I'm very much a flowers, cards, and candy kind of had that same sentiment yeah. and stuff as well. And also because I feel like, and this might be the, this might be more the Virgo in me, like I want my girlfriend's friends to be jealous of her. Periods. Always. Like she has like to be the duh. envy. Of, she has to be the envy of all of her friends. You will be time. the topic
2: of the group chat. Absolutely. Like, guess what he did today, Absolutely, girls. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's it's got <laughs> to be done like that as well. But it's um. <laughs> Yeah, but it, and and like I said, it's uh, about small things that people can enjoy. I feel like I've learned through experience, like you know, a partner would enjoy some level of planning. So sometimes, like mm-hmm. if there's a, uh, and
2: Virgo's are good at planning. Yeah, film, a, a film coming plan. out,
1: a film coming out, or like and try and get an advanced screening into that, or maybe like surprise tickets like even for, like a very small concert and kind of thing. But um, yeah, very helpful. Actually, another person that helped me to uh, nurture my romance was uh, Catherine Ryan, because oh. I, I used to open for her on tour. Yeah, and uh, so she also told me about like you know, but she obviously was talking more about her daughter because I was asking about like, having kids and stuff like that. And she was like, "It's good, like always working towards serving something bigger than yourself, mm. and having that that mentality because then when you go out, you see stuff in shops and stuff like that. Then it's like, oh, they would love that kind of thing. Oh, they would love that thing. So for my for my partner, like sometimes it can just be a bar of chocolate."
2: Yeah, it's she's thoughtful. She, uh, yeah. if she's
1: if she's having like premenstrual cramps like this, yes, that hmm. that can mean so much more than like booking an expensive restaurant. So I think yeah, with romance,
2: because you're not trying to go out when you got cramps.
0: Yeah,
1: so it's always about the nuance. Mm-hmm. yeah so bar chocolate and get the fuck out of the way
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is it but you had a second question we want to make sure we get a second question yes. which is a different question but then we've proven our romanticness i think
2: you've proven okay. that you're not bad guys cool. so everyone knows cool. you're, you're not bad guys just so everyone knows
1: <laughs> far from far from perfect <laughs> we're doing our best however, um, yeah. good. Doing my our
2: second best. question off the back of what you've both beautifully explained is why do you think men are scared to be romantic towards women as in like to invest in them in the ways that you both have done with your partners.
1: It's a, a very good question. Mm. Um, Howard? I mean, it's a tough question. I want to hear what you
0: think. Sunflower. <laughs> Tell, Tell uh, us a little bit of what you think. Cause, cause I can give, we can give you the male perspective, but I can give yeah. you really a bit more context from a female perspective.
2: In my opinion, I feel like hearing that you spent 14 months grafting for your now wife, it makes me think there were times along the line where you might have felt like, oh, "Is my effort going to waste?" Does she actually like me? Should I just give up? I'm feeling impatient. I'm gonna be like, "Screw her!"
0: Then, Mate, but you, you don't even get- know the half of it. <laughs> he knows the whole. You know, <laughs> at some point, at some point in the in the dating, this is fucked You're up. Quite but, no, this is fucked up for some people. We realized we couldn't share a bed why are you snoring snoring and moving it's the moving it it's the just worst doing thing the i'm the moving around yeah. we're, i'm waking up to her in tears she's cause, crying because she's, H- 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 she's been up she's been up till four o'clock that's bad vibes so then at that point right two, there was a night this is how serious it is there was a night right where i woke up when i needed the toilet and she was just lying there like really upset and she said you have to go home <laughs> And I looked outside. This is she was. We lived in Holloway. I was living in Hackney. I had to cycle at three in the morning in the pissing rain home. You fully actually had to go home because she could. She had to, "I have to get some sleep," you know. And there wasn't really anywhere in the house to sleep, so I cycled home. And I honestly thought that night when I got home, I was like, "That might be the end of it." Like you
2: gave her the ultimate ick. And you know what happened?
0: We kicked out her flatmate uh, and Ooh. I moved in next next door. What, what, wow, what I did, did not see
1: do? that coming. Yeah, what?
0: They're a footnote to this story. <laughs> There's plenty of places in London.
1: What the hell? i just be in here masturbating sometimes. Me? I don't even do anything. <laughs> what? me. And yeah. you know
0: what makes it worse is she was, she was, actually, she was actually deaf. Uh,
1: oh my God.
0: And when my wife asked her to move out, uh, she hadn't put her hearing aid in. And so they had, she, had to, she had to do it twice. But anyway, it was really not a good <laughs> scenario. But anyway, we lived happily ever after. But like that's that's how far I yeah. went. I took the rainy cycle at three in, in the morning. Rain. Most
2: guys will not do that. Like, and, and
0: so your point there was going to be that I, can, you know, people, I guess blokes don't realise how, how much they need to invest. Yeah,
2: like you need to be invested in a woman if you want her heart and you want access to her body. But I feel like, yeah, why a lot of men, in my opinion, tend to hold back is because they're probably used to a certain type of woman giving them that access quite early on and so when they come across a woman who doesn't it kind of fractures their own ego Mm. and makes them feel offended and for me it's quite interesting because it's like well women aren't really getting that much out of romantic relationships with men in terms of what our our needs are being that we need emotional connection and Mm. stimulation and most men aren't even prepared or skilled enough to do that and so it tends to feel like well what's the point then in allowing this guy to pursue me? And then the men on their end feel frustrated that you're not giving it up when it's a bizarre thing to expect someone to give you access to their body if mm-hmm. you're not making them want to do that. And if it's that person's body, they get to make the rules. Well, and,
0: and it's kind of like this, you know, and I understand it. We are animals, you know, yeah. that's why there's been this confusion. But because we're very, very cerebral, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, <laughs> you know, most of the time, you know, you can't, you can't just look at life as though no, it is just going to be based on those animal instincts. And, you know, like I've been with my wife, it's coming up to eight years now, I think. And, um, uh, how many days is that? Anyone good at maths? Yeah. So we're talking like how many thousand like a days,
1: you know? Two thousand eight hundred and eighty or something. Yeah. One thousand yeah.
0: Let's just say three thousand is a round years. number. Let's say two and a half thousand is a round number, yeah. right? Just just to make it easy. I mean, it's like two thousand nine hundred. Yeah, there you go. I was right. Yeah. Three thousand days. Right, so three thousand days, right?
2: Imagine so... being alive for that long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it well, for her. And, uh, living, and living for somebody else. Yeah. Oh! But I was about to say that in those two or oh, nearly three thousand days, any if let's say let's just take away if. Uh, High, you know 500 for take i've cooked every night every night no- every night right and and that is because ultimately i am more suited to mm-hmm. cooking the meals than she is it becomes quite stressful for my wife she's got uh, adhd and she finds constrained focusing oh, on God, that same. you know we've got kids you know it's like i'm like i'm like a guy who like the things in the oven, the things on the stove and I'm taking the bins out and I'm getting that dickhead oh, to sleep. Yes. So like th- those qualities like are what my wife really wanted Values, in yeah. life. And yet ultimately most blokes who are just trying to get their end away mm-hmm. will not be thinking, oh, what I need to do here is like actually like establish a path. Because life, life becomes like a pattern when you're in a good relationship, you know, you, you develop trends, you know, you develop like things that make it work. Like so you know,
1: truck says, you, you, you fuck, you go to get something to eat. You fuck, mm. go to the movies. You fuck, you go to your mama's house. You fuck, you go to a family thing, and uh, that's pretty much relationships. Who <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so you, you, you can bear to be around during that? During those? Uh, but there's
0: things. toxicity to the male psyche that has been well documented, particularly in this last decade when it's, the internet has kind of permitted us to engage it podcasts. podcast. A lot of things have helped people look at it in a, in a clearer way, and we, we've got loads of it still in existence. But it is like a kind of. Yeah, because, because uh, you know, I would say personally, just thinking about, like, uh, <laughs> hmm, that I have impregnated my wife twice, that and word. I think I can say that sentence happily. <laughs> but, like, you, that it really word. it really does... I know it's fucked up, right? But it is the word. It is the word. I'm yeah. sorry, Slumfar. It's not like a sexy, romantic, Valentine's Day word, right? <laughs> uh, <but> <laughs> <laughs> it's the,
1: it's, it is not. Yes, oh we, we can God. agree it's on so that clinical. much. But, you yeah.
0: know, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm deliberately trying to be clinical, because you think about it, it's like... You know, obviously, biology has many different guises, and you know, there's many different forms, and Mm -hmm. some things are different. You know, whatever, however you want to look at it, there is still a bit of our existence that does come back to that, (laughs) that, that thing. You Mm -hmm. know, that will be for a vast percentage of the population the motivation to get to a happy, successful relationship, Mm -hmm. because then we can complete impregnation <laughs> oh! but like that is the thing like, but for a woman for a woman I cannot imagine like you know like I barely let Tara use my laptop let alone That's like me. you know like put a human being inside Can you, me exactly so like the guardedness that you're talking about yeah you have to be geezers yeah. You need to li- <laughs> You need to think this through. Like, People are out here losing their teeth while being pregnant. Yeah,
1: but even, <laughs> not even, but not even just for the purposes of procreation as well. I think you know, it's 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 definitely to be considered that women have to consider peril to their bodies in all walks of life mm. In any situation, social situations they're in, um, because it's like, for example, my girlfriend sometimes phones me when she's on the way home from somewhere, or she's to phone me on the way home from somewhere, and I used to be like, okay, it's fine. But it just used to be and then maybe as a man I'm just thinking logically because I used to think I'm happy to keep you company on the phone if it's reassuring. Mm-hmm. But I also used to become quite anxious because I'm like, if something does happen, I can't shout at the man your down phone, the phone. Like, get her Leave her alone. Leave her put him on the phone. Buy put him, on him. On, <laughs> put, put him on the phone. <laughs> Listen, listen and listen well buddy <laughs> I will Liam, find that, you. That's, that's the love of my life and if anything happens i'll turn on this location so but again I, I understand that, that that can be kind of reassuring but and and i guess that speaks to more than anything and i feel like as how it says to advising men is that i think there is a lot of group think think that originates from uh patriarchal capitalism and it is very much linked to the uh ubiquitous uh Commodification of women's bodies And objectification of it So a lot of men uh, Have been inculcated with this idea That there is Like you said There are thresholds Of resources you put into uh, Courting or Mm -hmm. attracting a woman And that should culminate In you being rewarded sexually Or with access to her body Mm -hmm. And obviously That is not how uh, The human condition is necessarily Mm. Like you know People can argue Everyone has a price But that's not always Monetary and uh, I think a lot of the time we uh very flippantly in society say that sex sells but we never consider the cost. Um and I think that's one of the problems is that uh, you know, people feel like, Oh, I've made I've made an investment, so I should get a return on my investment. And um that's just not it's not doesn't doesn't work realistically. And I just think um that's the problem is that, you know, a lot of men have working within capitalism have this idea that like women's bodies are another commodification and that's because a lot of things that are marketed to men are rooted in the same thing Mm. like if you think about how most men are marketed to whether it's like you know sports cars or like uh, um you know aftershave Mm. cologne and stuff like that it's always do this to attract the woman do this to attract the woman so men have created a synaptic link between like a financial outlay and reward, uh, sexual gratification.
2: Yeah. Like why wouldn't they do an advert of men in therapy and be like, do this to attract women? Like,
1: yeah, ooh. there you go. <laughs> it's just such a, such Accountability. That's an, an, an interesting point. Yeah. Or just like this. Listen, yeah. listen. There's a campaign to clean like, around listen, the bar. Listen, win her heart. Listen, yeah. Do the things or, or like, yeah. or just like what might work for one lady won't work for other one. There's no unified theory of relativity mm-hmm. for yeah. the, uh, but wipe the fucking woman. toilet properly. Like, yeah. Or, Cause that won't hurt. You know, put uh, the just, seat down, no, put the seat, the, the small, yeah. This, 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 Small, don't uh, take
0: pride signs. in your farts oh. yeah. i can keep going yeah keep going oh man we could do this bible right now we can fucking lay it out <laughs> for uh, folks. Uh,
1: ask if somebody would like help when they're cleaning the kitchen and yeah.
2: actually give the help at a high standard
1: yeah yeah and give they expect
2: you to say no when they ask you for some
1: men some men like i had a housemate who used to do like a deliberate bad job
0: so i'll
1: just do it out of uh frustration show signs of a
0: show affection unprompted that isn't about sex Mm-hmm. challenge big one right Ooh. big one like
1: blokes don't <laughs> naturally do that they, they they don't naturally do that And uh, nice or
2: like they'll wash the plates to so that you can give them give them sex because mm-hmm. they see sex as something that you give to yeah. them and i
1: think and that's the thing and that's the thing that is that is the great point as well is that uh the another part of uh masculine group thing is that sex is something that's uh not necessarily given, but taken or almost mm-hmm. coaxed out of or fooled. There's mm-hmm. always this idea that if men approaching with what they perceive to be uh, ill intentions regarding sex, because uh, maybe that sex is not going to uh, follow a commitment necessarily won't follow that sex or like a mm. relationship might necessarily follow that sex. So men have this idea that they have to use uh, trickery in order to coax women out of sex. And that's because a lot of the time, you know, it's a, again, a woman's sexuality is a taboo in a society. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have to kind of in the same way that like, you know, you have to procure drugs. It's like it's supposed to be done behind closed doors or it's something that's done immorally. And I feel like a lot of men don't understand that uh, sex, uh, I think, for feminine brain is a fully sensory experience. It's not mm-hmm. just the uh, physical act of being gratified yeah, it way through penetration. It starts way before non-physical. And I think men need to kind of focus on that. But then I think, yeah, with the romance thing is definitely about the idea that, you know, we have been taught that material uh, materialism and uh, the commodification of women can work together and we can kind of benefit from that. And that's not how it works necessarily, which is why, like we said before, it's not necessarily about like how much you spend or how grandiose the gesture is. It's about you demonstrating to that person in a nuanced way that you value them. And that is not how men are taught a lot of the time. So they feel like, oh, but I've done all the things. Why do they, <laughs> uh, why, where's the, sex where's blah, my blah, blah. End of the contract? Where's, cause of, in my personal, <laughs> cause in my personal experience, like I've had sex with women on the first date a lot of the time. And that doesn't necessarily affect my perception. I think maybe sometimes it's like, do you know what? There was obviously like a, an attraction there that kind of met at this apex of joining. And sometimes that can, that can kind of diffuse tension sometimes. And sometimes I feel like, you know, and to be honest, I find it very flattering if someone feels comfortable enough to do that because I understand that, like, that person may have had to feel comfortable. But I also understand sometimes they may do that because a lot of women have also been told, like, oh, if I give him sex straight away, then he'll like me or... Yeah, yeah so it's about... Uh, so just understanding somebody, so empathy. Yeah. So for me, a lot of the time, it's kind of like, once if I've had sex on somebody on the first date, I still want to proceed with getting to know this person and going out. And, uh, yeah, it just means, I guess, one aspects of what makes up the whole complex of that coupling and why that works that might be taken care of but even then like you might have sex with somebody on the first night doesn't necessarily mean you understand every aspect of their erogenous zones what what turns them on yeah and that's time and I think a lot of men don't understand that there is so much well for lack of a better expression there's a lot of fun in that Hmm. there's a lot of fun there's a lot of mutual fun and mutual enjoyment to be found from exploring somebody but I think it's as, as much as emphasis as men place on sex I think a lot of men Are very tentative just to ask a woman what do you like, what turns you on? Because
2: they're scared of what the answer will be. Yeah, exactly. Especially if the woman is someone like me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and and that's but that's that's crazy because it's like you are pursuing to to like as a again I'm talking to men like you're trying to be inside of somebody else. Yeah, like so. Surely you should be able to ask them what they like if you can have that level of intimacy with another human being where you're occupying a space together. You should be able to ask somebody what they like. Like, and it's crazy that you can go through that act but you're not able to articulate it and ask that person what aspect of they enjoy. Because enjoying. they're scared
2: that you're going to say that you like accountability and, and a man being invested in you because they can't do either of that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is that until men are prepared to have that honest conversation and have that honest answer, then they're going to continue to be frustrated mm-hmm. because there are so many other aspects of our lives, men, where we deal with other forms of rejection Which we know Are going to be For our long term betterment Like If you're a footballer Or you're an athlete And someone says You've got to work on This aspect of your game You'll be like Oh yeah cool Because that will make me A much more rounded athlete mm-hmm. And I think that You know The lot of work That goes into Maintaining a, a mm-hmm. health relationship Even if it is just physical Like That should be An open dialogue
0: where I feel dating like dating websites should definitely have more feedback after dates. That'd yeah. be really helpful. <laughs> L- Get little well. feedback forms after you go on a date. That'd be really useful. Yeah.
1: But I just, I just think if you want to put a part of yourself inside of somebody else, they have the right to be able to explain and to articulate and, and, and to, uh, yeah. To dictate those their terms. Yeah. yeah. And their needs. Even their wants. I think, yeah. I, I think, I just say their wants. And I think again, it's like, it's, it's, for, it's very important that men understand that it's, not the physical act really that you need to kind of master it's the psychological one because what you mm-hmm. tend to find is that if you're able to connect with someone emotionally everything else will kind of flow quite naturally because that person will feel comfortable enough and you can also you know you have five senses so use that. all of yeah we'll use that all of these things not just touch and how someone responds like you know sonically to your touch all of these things can mm. yeah make for a healthy experience.
0: dates just before uh, and my question is a very simple one related to all of this which is uh what's the worst dating experience you had oh, uh, uh and you can go as as <laughs> ludicrous if you want to be serious i can tell you that i've got two that really spring to mind for me um and and it's kind of funny how sometimes the dates were like actually like damaging and sometimes they're just like anecdotes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Does that feel like a thing for you? Y- yeah. Sometimes you me. really do think it was like, that is, a, 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 I can't wait to tell my friends this story. Yes. And sometimes you're like, that is bleak as fuck, man. Like, I remember this one day I had where I met this girl at this place in, um, uh, near like uh, BFI on you South Bank. Yeah. And she was at the bar and I went over and said, Hey, how you doing? I'm Howard. And from what website it was. And she was on her phone, right? And she was like, oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, and she basically had like arranged that in her head, what she'd arranged was to talk to me for 15 minutes. 15
2: see, specific minutes. Like
0: she was, she was already leaving.
2: Oh, that's not a date then.
0: So yeah. I was like, hey, can I get you a drink? She's like, oh, I'm not really, you know, basically. I, I, Were I, you late? So, no. Yeah.
2: Yeah, why oh. did she agree to meet?
0: Because what? she was choppy as fuck as a human being, and will probably have very little soul left, uh, <laughs> I imagine. Because, because to me, you, just, you can't you can't act like that, right? <laughs> if you're going to meet someone for a drink, like okay, maybe after an hour, you can say, "Look, I, I'm, this isn't doing it." But she was literally like, I think maybe she had like four people lined up that night to see if she liked it, but like it was so bleak a situation because mm. you were just like this is just like, you have no real interest in getting to know me. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's what I was looking for. Was mm-hmm. Like, really knocked me back. Like, because I was like, yeah, God. It's not nice. Whereas like, I think the worst uh, date I had for uh, entertainment reasons was meeting this girl. I was, <laughs> what I, do you I, mean I, entertainment
1: I, reasons? <laughs> well, as in it, it was
0: fucking stupid. Like, it, it was partly <laughs> my fault. Because at the time, I do, I recently, you remember I broke my leg a while back yes. then. And um, I'd recently recovered. But during that time, there's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. I, you know, watch movies, smoke quite a lot of weed, of course. Um, for the pain, and I know I was I was smoking cigarettes at the time as well because it, it was a dark place. Anyway, I arranged to meet this girl, and I took my tobacco with me. And we, you know, when I met her, and, and I really don't want to be nasty, okay? Because you know, I'm aware there's people with uh, different heights in the world, but this was oh no, but this was like. <laughs>
2: Why do you look at that? When
0: you said that. Oh, some of these
1: some of these short things in the room right now.
0: Some of these poison dwarfs how would speak (laughs) on
1: it, man. But like, you know what? Like, (laughs) it it was like
0: I was worried about her getting onto the stool that we were sitting on you know the stools we were sitting it was really looking <laughs> you would
2: have carried her, yeah, to help like, her I Howard, like, so shallow
0: Howard I felt like we needed one of those mats you used to have a you know, PE because it was so far for her to fall like it was ridiculous
2: not the crash mat
0: and, yeah, needed, <laughs> this girl needs crash mats right and she's also wearing like and I don't mean to be nasty but like because I don't judge people particularly for what they wear because I don't really care what people wear but she's wearing a luminous green top oh, wow. that's like as in like she wasn't cy- she didn't cycle here but she she may as well have done because it would be more used than like what it was like this wasn't anyway so i was like this is a weird start bad start anyway we're in this bar we have a couple of drinks and she's nice she's nice we're talking okay. and there's, there's some, maybe there's something here um i roll myself a cigarette and forget that because i've been on you know having a bit of a bad time that i've not been very careful about where i kept my tobacco and where i kept my ganja and so in my tobacco, I didn't realise that actually it was fifty percent weed. Ooh. So I kind of was in this bar. So sounds like a good date to me. But, mm-hmm. you can't, but can't I, roll I was all that like, puree now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it depends what kind of bar you're in. But like in the bar that we're in, when I accidentally spark a spliff, uh, oh, in everyone this bar, can smell it. Everyone can smell it, and she's like, "Why is this guy smoking a joint on this? This is so weird." And I was like, "Man, I, I bad man as well." <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't. I really wasn't. I was just really, and so I was now baked with this very short lady. And you, who,
2: your time is ticking. She's leaving in like five minutes. Well, at this it just point wasn't good. It just
0: wasn't good. I really. So what? That's my. I had some bad. That's some bad. That's definitely a bad date. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. bad. You had some bad ones. Oh
2: yeah. For me, it's usually I've had quite a few of guys who they just want to debate me out of my standards, and mm. like the, the date just becomes this weird debate. And then I can oh just man, the explain vibes that to me. In. Explain that. So. Usually, what happens is like the guy will ask me, like, "So, what kind of guys are you into?" Right. And I feel like that question is a bit of a, it's not a trap, but it feels like sometimes when guys ask that, they're definitely, asking definitely loaded, to pretend a to be. Loaded question, yeah, yeah. yeah they, you just see them like working it out, being like, oh, "Okay, so she likes the guys gonna make her laugh, and he's gonna do this. Well, I'm gonna pretend to be that for three weeks." Hmm. So, I usually give a very hard answer. Well, it's not a hard answer, but it's a hard thing to pretend to be if you don't have the means to do right. such. You
1: well, you don't start on your bottom line, basically. You can start from right. right. Well, what's the answer? I like, I like a
2: guy who can make me feel taken care of. Right. I like a guy who's financially got his shit in order. Mm. I don't like a guy who needs me to take care of him or who needs my help. And then the guy usually would be like posing this hypothetical gaslighty question to me, which I get very often from people, not just guys, where the question is, okay, but what if one day you meet the love of your life and he's really broke and he makes you laugh and he's great company, but he doesn't have any of the things you listed on that list. And my answer is usually, well, he's not the love of my life then. I just wouldn't yeah. be with him. He could be my friend. And then the guy would get really like defensive and then it becomes this weird like argument. And then like, it's not, the vibes ain't even hot anymore. Now I just feel like, it's weird and like ick, definitely ick, it, but it's just like, oh, this is not even a date anymore. I literally left my house to debate with a man It's like someone
1: that's trying to almost mildly break you, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, because it's like he wants to sleep with me, but the terms that I have said. That will get me to a place where I'm likely to sleep with him. He can't he can't get to that place. Mm. So it's almost like he just wants to argue me out of it in the hopes that I'll be like, Oh, you know what? You're right. I don't deserve nice things. Mm, mm. You should just sleep with me now, because that's what you want. Like that's that's what I'm I need to I'm glad you made happens. me see, sir. I need to
1: change yeah. my standards. Wow. I'll begin by spreading my legs for you.
2: Wow. Like that's <laughs> usually what dates in the past for me would end yeah. up being. Nowadays I don't really go on dates anymore mm. unless I've already Met the guy in a scenario, or I already know him mm. to such an extent where I know that I'm going to enjoy the date, or I know that he's going to make sure I'm having a great time. Yeah,
1: hmm. nothing else, which I think makes total sense. And I, uh, one of the reasons I admire work and stuff as well is that uh, we've discussed um, how it's seen that uh, black women in particular aren 't supposed to have these kind of standards and not be able to set a standard and uh again I, I bring it back to like you know it 's very much suggested and has been by mainstream media that uh black women are supposed to accept lower standards compared to any of their contemporaries within the world of uh, dating or womanhood in general and it 's one of the reasons I wanted you to be definitely back on the episode as well because I think i find it i find it I find it immensely admirable like you know because some people have been like you know you know, you have to slum flowers and stuff. It's, it's, mis- it's misandry and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we got Accountability art, right? it's very, it's, is man hate. Incendiary, you say about, about men and blah, blah. But I, I find one of two things. I think, first of all, I think if men are very honest with ourselves, we all the time hear very flippant, massively misogynistic and problematic statements from people we're close to. And men can make very sweeping generalizations, uh, generalizations about women. And a lot of the time, we almost take it on board facetiously because a lot of the time it can just be gas and we can be like, oh yeah, cool, fair enough. Either he either, either says that or he's frustrated and we can we can um, give enable clemency yeah. and enable that. But we we definitely give it clemency when men can say very very incendiary things and about women and make generalisations. But I think well, for me, one of the things I've quite admirable is that I find your narrative reminiscent of a statement I heard on a sitcom called A Different World. Hmm. Okay, And uh, it's from the actress Jasmine Guy. She used to play a character called Whitley. And Whitley would be what's described as bougie, I guess, because she has very high standards. Mm-hmm. So one of the other characters, I think Dwayne Wayne, is played by uh, Kadeem Hardison, a great actor. And he says, um, so tell me, Whitley, what kind of man do you like? And she said, I like a man that's hardworking, values me, he's ambitious, has aspirations and is driven. And he said, what if that guy is broke? So she said, a man like that never stays broke. <laughs> and I was like, Exactly so for men uh, so they're not gonna like
2: this one (laughs) so so for me so I understand
1: so like you know I think a lot of men can be very frustrated and there seems to be a very large uh, rebuttal (laughs) coming from men about the frustrations they think with women standards nowadays Mm -hmm. my advice to men would be your brief is not with women your beefers with the system you are in
2: yeah and also it's the idea that men are angry that women are not giving them more access to our bodies right. and that to me is bizarre and, that... and if
1: you've been paying attention for years men for many 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 years maybe you not yourselves but our predecessors have been able to take advantage of the world of the commodification of women for many years whether it's through sex tourism whether it's through mail order brides whether it's through uh, sex workers mm-hmm. and the uh, decriminalisation of sex work mm-hmm. like men have been able to take advantage of the women's bodies en masse for years so don't women aren't the people to be mad at you are living in a world now where this world and this capitalist world has not made provisions and accommodated you to understand how you're going to move into a next phase where your occupational profession alone will define your masculinity that world doesn't exist anymore and we're gonna to have to find new things other than your conquest of women and your job to make you a man that's nothing to do with women at all that's something we need to discuss as a whole number one number two in the case where you like say you want a man to provide for you and, and the rest of it like that's fine as far as i'm concerned if you feel that that's unfair, then you're not ready to go on a date yet.
2: And that's okay. Do, yeah, do then that that's okay.
1: Wait, take time, find somebody else. Because like... I've seen men get very upset or like even with things like catcalling and stuff. And I'd say, look, if you really find that woman beautiful and captivated enough that you got to say something to her in the street, fair enough. But then ask yourself, see if you go to bed yet and leave it 24 hours, will you remember what she looks like? And if <laughs> the answer is no, then it's not that deep. Yeah. And I think a lot of men do understand that. Like I've men who like, oh, I was going to chat to her first, I saw her first. You seeing somebody that doesn't mean you own them. What the fuck is wrong with you, number one? <laughs> number two, like for me, if a guy was like, Dane, I, I am captivated that woman. I'm infatuated. I don't think I can go another day if I don't get to speak to her. And I'm, I'd be like, all right, cool. I'll step aside or whatever. I won't approach somebody or stand in the way of your love. But ask yourself, if you leave it a week, yeah, mm-hmm. are you going to remember what this woman looks like? If the answer is no, then really, you are just um, really attributing a lot of bullshit to your lust. And yes. just to be honest with yourselves. But I think a lot of times this idea, like a man doesn't want, like they find it daunting that a woman wants to be provided for. It's like, if you understand the world at large, particularly for black women and how few systems and institutions are in place to take care of them as people or as citizens, then you'd understand where that comes from and in many ways that is an adaptive and learned behaviour.
2: And remember that black women have spent our lives for generations taking care of everybody including the men in our community. Even
1: by dealing with the same perils like you know whether it's high maternity whether it's the fact that there were still human zoos in fucking Western Europe until 1947. Like these things are learned behaviour in the same way that like Any black man you understand You walk into whatever ends And you have to be on your P's and Q's Or on your toes Because you understand that there is Maybe an entrenched self-hatred And a number of issues Which means you might not necessarily be safe Mm -hmm. Black women are dealing with that en masse And unlike a lot of other women From other cultures Mm -hmm. There is no even um, misguided Or like benevolent chauvinism That protects them In the same way that like other there's so many other uh, cultures Who might be like they might necessarily really protect their women, but they Mm -hmm. protect them from outsiders Mm -hmm. and black culture doesn't necessarily have that. And it's particularly like for someone who's been aware of the culture or like hip hop culture, we have been inculcated with a, a idea that we are able to malign black women for years. And I'm not even saying this in a way to accuse men. Like this has been, it's been like this for a very long time where the normalization of brutality towards black women has been there for years. Like, when Blurred Lines, do you remember that song, oh Blurred Lines goodness. came out? But the thing about that song, is that, if you are aware of culture, black women have been taught to, that and referred to that way, for years, and years, and years. It was only when, Emily Rataj- Ratajowski was, basically had her boobs out, then, women on mass started paying attention. But back when, Saleed Dolores Tucker was talking about, how black women are portrayed in music, in the 90s, no one cared. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is how, that has been the black women's experience, for years. Like even now, somehow through some miracle black women have been able to legitimize the aesthetic of a stripper mm-hmm. before black women stripping and exotic dancing that was something like was supposed to be kept secret from everybody mm-hmm. now if you're involved in an industry you're regarded as like an entrepreneur or self-employed that's come exclusively from how black women have legitimized that um that image mm-hmm. and so for me it's kind of like even and the other thing as well is that it's like Men have to learn to consider womanhood not just from the perspective of your sexual pursuits, in it. Like, what I don't have to just protect women I'm related to. Like, at the same time, this doesn't. that like you're attracted yeah, to, yeah, you. or I'm attracted to. Like, <laughs> it's this goes for everybody because that is my cousins, that's my nieces, that's my aunts. They're all affected by whatever sentiment or negative sentiment that is projected towards black women. They're affected by that. Mm. So even if not for just you know your own romantic pursuits but almost as an act of like, you know, communal responsibility, you should be understanding and respecting that standard as well. And you know, if nothing else, like you might have a daughter one day, you and your daughter have high standards as well. But <laughs> yeah. the idea is that it's like this. I I just think the issue is really down to the fact that people are so focused on. And I think for men, it's like this idea that this is sex is not something that you need to trick women out of. Mm-hmm. And I can't stress this enough. If you able to make someone feel psychologically valued and respected you will find that the body will follow and mm-hmm. it's like a weird paradox a lot of men have where it's like it's like certain sexual acts they want a woman to perform mm-hmm. but then they feel some type of way about being with the same woman they want to perform the sexual act mm-hmm. it, it do not mm-hmm. make any sense I, I can't remember what it's called but it's like, it's like this kind of like mother and virgin kind of paradox where it's like there are men out there where it's like there's things they want to do to women whether it's like indulging like a degradation crink but that's not the kind of woman you want raising your children but there's no difference between any of these women so how, how how can you view a woman and say you value her and want yeah, to do certain things con- for somebody conditional respect for women. yeah and that, so that can't exist either so for me yeah i just think that it really will begin with men understanding that you're not you're dealing with you know human minds or souls whatever your uh spiritual disposition is and you're going to have to treat those exchanges as such because what you tend to find is that most people are looking towards even though it might be the courtship ritual might begin with like nice restaurants and all the stuff, I think most people are working towards the state where they can sit on their sofa in their sweats. Yes, and that eat comfort. Pizza. Yeah, and Shed have comfort. comfort. That's what everyone's kinda of working towards. So
0: yeah. It's um we've got just about enough time to do your question, which I imagine oh, is amazing. directed to our yes. amazing guest Yes, um, Yes.
1: Well, I, I, I think, I think, uh, Shidera, like I said, I think you're doing great work and I think Thank that you have much. unabashed honesty, particularly to your own gender, which I think is massively important because I think one of the reasons that a lot of these conversations are stunted is because people have a very idealized, uh, idea of romance. Mm-hmm. And so my question would be, in your opinion, do you think, how do you think the idea of romance has damaged women's, uh, faculties or perception when it comes to men
2: in my in my opinion and perception especially given that it's valentine's day i feel like this part of the year is when women are most likely to get swindled by men Mm. through love bombing and love bombing for those who aren't familiar is a term that describes behaviors that come from an individual who's trying to disarm you through very grandiose extravagant it doesn't even always have to be extravagant and grandiose, but the gestures make you feel special. And oftentimes you get that weird feeling in your tummy that this is either too good to be true or I don't know this person that well. And yet they're telling me that it's been two weeks and I'm already the love of their life. And Valentine's Day is usually a day where you should expect some sort of love bombing from a guy who maybe it seems like he's going to give you all of this affection. And then once you have hopefully given him what he wanted, which is access to your body, then you notice that affection very quickly decline. And I think more women would benefit from really refining their understanding of what affection, romance and love is and really accepting that just because a guy has put this effort into trying to earn your trust, it doesn't mean that he should stop. And it's okay to ask a guy for more. And I feel like a lot of women are very scared to ask men for more because you don't want to come across as ungrateful or you don't want to get called a phrase like a gold digger, which to me is quite ironic because men are the ones that are digging, literally digging into women's bodies and also digging for emotional labor, digging for somebody that's going to make them feel like their mother made them feel. Whereas for a woman to ask to feel taken care of or to feel regarded or to feel supported feels like she's asking for too much so I feel like it's important that women challenge themselves to ask for more because you find actually that the guy who is prepared to see that through is usually the guy that's meant for you but you won't get the opportunity to see that that guy exists if you just take everything a guy does for you at face value and accept that that's the best that you deserve um And so, yeah, when it comes to days like Valentine's Day, I know there's this ongoing debate about, you know, it's a commercialised holiday, incentivizing people to spend money. But at the same time, even if you hold that belief, I do think that it's important for you to be made to feel special as a woman. And you're allowed to want to partake in that. And if you have a boyfriend right now and he doesn't do anything for you on Valentine's Day... (coughs) punish him (laughs) no i mean it though like it's okay to want to take part in something like that i think it's really sweet and if a guy actually likes you whether it's him being creative like being like howard and making a a little mini production you Mm. know a video or him writing something like you should you should want to feel that someone has put that investment in you and yeah i don't think it's too i don't think you can ever ask a guy who wants access to your body for too much it's just that you're asking the wrong guy
1: uh, and do you, do you think that romance has has kind of i suppose made women kind of misread into certain gestures because i because I, I feel like one of the things i've noticed about your podcast you're you're very upfront with women and i think you definitely dismantle ideas of romance um where sometimes women will say oh yeah but he did this and you're like yeah but anyone can really do that it's not enough it's like i remember uh i read a book um where i think it was called lying fully clothed and one of the things uh and from a friend of mine gabriel used to have these kind of debates on like games we play and stuff and one of the things he also said was that uh like for example i think a lot of women have been fooled into thinking that a man with money spending that money is a romantic gesture and he said it really like for example a man with money spoils you with time Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so that i think that's kind of an example where uh I think a lot of young, younger women or women who have less dating experience have been fooled into thinking big, grandiose material gestures are indicative that someone cares about you.
2: And it's worrying when that gesture comes after he's done something to either hurt your feelings or push your boundaries because that creates a pattern where once you feel like you're ready to leave and he knows that you're about to leave, then he will give you the affection and the love that you wanted. That's how mm. you get caught in that weird toxic cycle of never quite leaving, but never quite being happy either. Mm -hmm. So it's also the context of when that guy is expressing that romance to you. And is that romance consistent throughout the year? Because Valentine's Day shouldn't be the only time that you experience that romance. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it also comes down to being really honest with yourself about what you deserve and sticking to that. Because a lot of women lose steam when they realise that having standards can be quite boring. Um, mm. in terms of you're not going to live a crowded life Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to have guys surrounding you you're gonna spend more time rejecting guys than actually dating the guys that you want to date because the purpose of having standards is implementing a filtration system mm. where you're removing yourself from what's not meant for you and only making yourself available to what is meant for you and so that in itself requires a level of self-mastery and patience and being able to see past your own physical desires. Cause sometimes you might really desire a guy physically, but you know that he's not meant for you and he's not good for you. And he hasn't even earned such access, even if you want to give him that access, because in you giving that access that he hasn't worked for, you're also creating a precedent that will be essentially the tone that the relationship will carry. So if he knows that he doesn't have to invest much in knowing you to have such access to you, then he's not going to do it after he's already gotten that access.
0: One thing I'm thinking, listening to you talk, is how much, in your opinion, uh, age plays a factor in this. Because...
2: Oh my God, age plays a significant factor. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, don't, I don't like dating guys that are my age or younger than me. I'm 28. Mm. 28 is somewhat mature in the, in the cluster of 20s, but I still prefer to date guys that are older, not because they're more intelligent, but because... It's almost like at your big age, you can't mm. you can't get this right. Like you have no excuse because guys who are younger, it could be argued that, oh, you know, he's still young. The part of his brain that finished develops in, developing at twenty five hasn't developed yet, so mm. cut him some slack.
1: I think, that, I think that might have been the case with me as well because I, I I feel like I had an air of misguided chauvinism. What does that mean? uh, Well, so for me, I'd be like, you know, it's my job to take care of a woman. So (laughs) I'll determine this and make sure she can do this and buy this for her without... Without listening to her. Without (laughs) listening to her, yeah. And and understanding that, like, sometimes what you think are just gestures, like, oh, I need to buy her this so she looks... That might not Mm -hmm. be how someone necessarily looks or even things like it may not be as extreme as showism but it's like even the need to problem solve when someone comes to me with a problem yeah but might you just want this. comfort yeah so <laughs> that's that's something i've had to learn through experience stuff as well yeah. I, I would say, say as well like for men like based on romance as well is that like in the same way that you say to women that um you know even though you might be physically attracted to somebody but you shouldn't you know act give on into it and it yeah. solely i think for men it's like even if you have certain resources um and you can make me, make grandiose gestures, it may not be the best way to go as a man because mm-hmm. if the idea is that you want that woman to see the best part of yourself, which has no relation to your finances or your resources, mm-hmm. then maybe not love bomb or shower or breadcrumb or whatever mm. it's called. Maybe the uh, remit is for you to demonstrate the best part of yourself. Because
2: mm-hmm. the finances is the bonus. Yeah, like, that's what's going to keep me here I mean, long yeah. term mm. because everything think, else is about, do you make me feel safe? I think the age thing yeah. that I
0: was bringing up there was actually from the perspective of not that I have much of a perspective for being a woman, but if you were y- young enough, mm-hmm. those tra- physically transactional experiences would be something that people, I can p- perceive a world in which people do them and then realise they don't want this anymore. Kind of the way you, you know, some of the things you were saying there, I kind of think, not that I have you know, any reason to disagree with any of it, mm-hmm. but I think there might be times where actually you're going to have to learn, having had one or two experiences where you mm-hmm. go, hmm, I really like what he got me, I enjoyed the sex, but but there's something missing. Yeah, there's something missing, right? And you might actually have to go through that Mm -hmm. once or twice or how many times you need. Yeah. Uh, In some people's cases, multiple, multiple times. 78. (laughs) 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 To get to a point, right, where you go, "Mm, no, actually, I'm not into this. And then you've got to then show restraint because people's faculties can be, you know, you go out, you meet a guy you know or girl depending on what, what, you know, which version this is you know, oh, I'm not really that into them oh, i really good mm, those drinks have really changed this feeling <laughs> and that isn't yeah. necessarily a negative at different ages it's it, 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 you know I've got people in my life who are reaching a point where I think dating is serious because I need to procreate yeah. you know <laughs> that's, also, also, that's also, why I also, go for older guys who's, got, the, yeah. also, who's yeah. got time to waste fear of God <laughs> But there's certain people at certain ages where you go like, wow, like uh, I'm not going to name any names, but it's some people, someone in my life, a man? Yeah. there's someone in my life who I'm looking at and I'm saying <laughs> to my wife,
1: "Yeah, marry him,
0: just marry him. Honestly, mm. this is, I, I have seen them together and I'm like, you ain't, this ain't, you ain't, if you think you're going to find a better solution to the, to the <laughs> problem of I want to have children. Yes. Which, you know, people younger at the stage of their life didn't have to worry about Mm -hmm. that as the same Mm -hmm. way. When you get to a certain stage, it is very, 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 very very pressing. Yeah. If that's the thing, if that feels like your reason to live, major reason to live, Mm -hmm. marry the fucking guy. Or or, or, or just have the kid. Or just have the kid. In her, in this scenario, they're going to need to get married which makes it even more complicated
1: wow well, or, or does it though because I think I think, I think I you're
0: more putting more risk in because yeah. you're like basically showing everyone your love in this spectacle then you're mm. going to make the baby and then you might find out in a little bit of time <gasps> it ain't going to
1: work
2: oh, the gamble mm.
1: but, that, but that's the thing it is the gamble and I think that is an important thing for everybody to understand when it comes to all of these themes regarding romance and sexual pursuits and stuff like that is that it's always going to be a gamble because you're all going for what we could argue is one of the biggest gifts from God we have had or mm. that God him. God itself is love mm-hmm. So for me There's always going to be Risk for that So as, as human beings I think as existentially It's about taking Being prepared to take that risk Like you are Trying to be gratified By one of the biggest gifts We can share amongst one another As mm-hmm. a species
0: You've been so listening never to never Dane Baptiste's easy. Love Gamble
1: Yes um... <laughs> it is it, Listen it, but it, it is a love gamble I, I, I like I definitely, it I definitely, I definitely feel like You know A lot of the time People who have been uh, You know Scarred by the risks They've taken Or the shots they've taken uh, don't want to necessarily gamble again but yeah. it's uh, it's always going to be a lottery especially when you're dealing with this many people on earth there's like 8 billion of us mm. so you take into account those numbers there's always mm. going to be an element of lottery to it but you know you just have to uh, keep on going even when you get the wins or losses you have to keep on playing that's right mate uh, and uh, listeners and
0: lovers uh, we hope you've enjoyed this very special episode it's been really really good isn't it Dave
1: the room has been filled with love and relatively little body odour on our parts Howard Mm. Um, (laughs) so thank you very much Slumflower for uh, (laughs) Bringing some freshness to the podcast. What can I say? Um, My
2: hibiscus contributions. That's what's up. Love it. Love it.
1: Hibiscus contribution sounds like a good fragrance for you to bring out this year. Oh, yeah.
2: the hibiscus contribution. <laughs> out now. So
1: exactly. Coming soon. So, Miss Egory, where can our listeners hear and see more of your good works, past, present, and future? Or oh, for some of them who've heard, like what they heard, they just want to date you? Oh.
2: Or if you're trying to, I'm not joking (laughs) Um, You can find me on Instagram At the slum flower And if you would love to hear me Talk more about love, relationships Boundaries, standards You can tune into my podcast The slum flower hour
1: That's right And uh, everybody understand that uh, You can't spell romance without man I don't know what that even
2: means And you can't spell romance without cash
1: yeah. Or no romance, Either. no finance. That's yeah. the one. Or something like that. Basically do what works for you and uh consider other people and as well. You can't well.
0: spell romance without Rome and we know that wasn't built in a day. Hey, love. There you go, Thank you and good night. <laughs> what?
2: End day, end what?
1: <laughs> Great stuff, Howard, see? You get it. You get That's it. That's why I stick around.
2: Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. You
1: hi listeners uh just some extra information for some extra content howard and i before recording our very special valentine's day episode of question everything also did a very special edition of mr and mrs
0: that's right uh the slum flower very kindly helped us out so hey go to our instagram and tiktok pages to see how it played out that's at DBQE Podcast. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapte and at the Howard Cohen. You can now support us on Patreon. Just search DBQE Podcast and unlock ad-free content, and you can watch the full-length video of the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at dbqepodcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening guys and remember, question everything. Insanity Group.